Welcome to Let's Relieve Regret, the uplifting podcast where we talk about how to relieve what you're worrying about. It can feel so good to finally let go. Let go of past hurts, let go of old grudges, let go of self-doubt, self-shame. The thing is, we aren't always given the tools to let go. We're told to get over it, or it's time to move on. But how do we do that? We will share our stories, tools, and strategies of how we let go to help you let go. Let's begin. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to Let's Relieve Regret, everyone. I don't know what I was just going to do. My name is Victoria Murabursia, and I'm your co-host, and I'm joined by my other fabulous co-host. Shadow Ball is here. Shadow Ball. <laughs> Welcome to the Let's Relieve Regret podcast, everybody, the podcast where we reveal things we might regret in order to try and go through a process of feeling relief or feeling empowered or taking our stories back or taking control back. And we've been on this experiment for over a year now, and we're enjoying it. Mm -hmm. So let's start with our check-in. How are you feeling today, Shadow? Uh, Like a number scale or just a word? (laughs) Whatever you want, word or number. Uh, okay, so I'm still feeling a little sick. Uh, more sick than I felt last Friday, but like less sick than I felt on Wednesday. So like I can feel the illness breaking. I'm not just, you know, uh, faucet <laughs> like on Wednesday. I think I just like, I definitely went through an entire box of tissues on Wednesday, just trying to clear out whatever's going on with me. But yeah, so and then on a number scale, I'm going to give it like a four out of 10 because like, I, I know, like I, I, I wish I could just like keep in mind that like, I will get better. Like I'm already getting better. I have evidence that I'm going to get better. Uh, But I'm still like, I just want to be like cranky when I'm sick. So I want to be like, oh, I'm sick. Take care of me, everybody. Uh, (laughs) And I just want to like, live in the shower and live in bed and like, that's not going to make me feel any better anyway. So uh, I'm really happy to be here. And I'm so I don't know, a four out of 10 on the way up to something better by the end of this episode, I'm hoping. How about you? It's okay to feel a four out of 10. And it's okay to be honest about that too, right? Often we're like sevens or eight. So I think thank you for being honest and saying (laughs) you're a four out of 10. It's great. Yeah, it's hard to feel happy when you can't breathe out of your nose properly. Yeah, that's the worst. (laughs) Yeah, so that's okay, though. It's it's fine. And I mean, come on, like, if this is my biggest complaint of the day, I'm still doing pretty good. Uh, how about you? I'm gonna do seven out of 10. Nice. Uh, the sun's out. I feel hope that winter is ending. Mm. It's, it's March. It's still February. But yes, there's something that happens in March, all of a sudden, the sun becomes warm. It's not just mm-hmm. sunlight. It's like sunlight and warmth. It's coming. Yeah. It'll be here in the next couple of weeks. So, oh my gosh, wait a minute. <laughs> That's so funny. Here I am thinking I'm sick, but every year in April, I get terrible allergies when everything starts like growing again. And I guess because <laughs> we had like no winter, I might just be experiencing my allergies early. Oh, maybe. How have I not even thought? <laughs> You're having an aha moment right now. It's too funny. Yeah. No, the sun is warm and it's warming up all the molds. That's making me a little bit sick, maybe. So here I am thinking I have a cold and I might just have really like strong allergies like I do in April. But I dismissed it because 
I don't get my allergies in February. I get my allergies in April. <laughs> it could be possible. I mean, it has been like 9, 10 degrees all week. Yeah. Anyway, I hope that's super interesting, everyone. <laughs> I hope that you take an allergy pill and you feel better. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> We're not even going to talk about what's going on with climate change, but it, <laughs> it's been really weird here in Ontario for sure yeah. this year. So yeah, it's been definitely strange, but yeah. Like last week we had that little bit of snow and everyone was like, yay, snow. And now it's all gone again, but <laughs> yeah, we were celebrating snow, which is like opposite land. So yeah. Yeah. Do you have a cause for applause? I think even though I just complained about being sick, I think my cause for applause is the idea that like, I am getting better. Like, you know, when you do get really sick and then like, there's that one day where you're like, oh, this is it. This is how I'm going to be breathing for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, at least for me, I get really like negative really quickly about that kind of stuff. And last couple of days, it's been easier to breathe. And uh, again, still not 100%. But my cause for applause is that I know I am getting better. And I will be better by next week. So yeah, that's all hope is always a good one or like knowing right like I know I'll be better on the other side. My cause for applause is going to be Tori's Bake Shop. Shout out Tori's mm. Bake Shop, my cafe that I go to. And I'm going to shout out my baristas, Ben and James, because I know they listen. So hi, Yay. Ben and James. You're my cause for applause today. Uh, you make my life happier. And <laughs> this is what I'm going to say. Sometimes we talk about this a lot, human connection, right? And being open to human connection and it it doesn't need to be complicated it can just be simple and giving a shout out or telling people that you appreciate them even though you might see them five minutes a day or five minutes every second day we have the ability to impact people's lives in really powerful way everybody does you listening you have the ability to impact other human beings lives in impactful ways and they light up my day and even when I'm feeling really depressed in the middle of winter and I go in there, mm -hmm. I always leave feeling a little bit better, even if it was just a hello. And I was like, I'm grumpy today. And they're like, here's your coffee and your not coffee. Here's your tea and your cookie. <laughs> I never drink coffee. I don't know why I said that. That was a weird Freudian slip or something. But here's your tea and your cookie. And it just makes me feel better. And mm -hmm. so my cause for applause today is Ben and James. <laughs> Well, that's great. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, Ben and James are there for you and are hopefully listening to this episode. And maybe I will make the journey to the East End just to come to this cafe one day. I think they would like to meet you. Okay. <laughs> so we, we will have a meeting there and have mm -hmm. cookies and tea. Do you drink okay. coffee? I, I drink both. I know lots of people are like, you know, I know you're very much tea and some people are very much coffee. I don't have a usual morning order. And I kind of only drink coffee or tea in the morning. Uh, but yeah, like it, it's kind of just how I feel that day. Uh, yeah, I like tea and I like coffee and I like more experimental drinks. You know what I don't like though? I don't like matcha. I don't either. Matcha does something to like my heart rate. I start sweating. Like I Yeah, did you I, know that matcha has more caffeine in it than coffee? Maybe that's what's going on cuz I go bananas. Like when I have matcha, it's worse than a cup of coffee for me and I right. you do not want to see me on a cup of coffee. I'm like, oh, 
and matcha does matcha does the same. Yeah. Yeah. See, I I I can handle coffee. I love tea. Again, it just depends on my mood that day. I remember uh, a few episodes back, you were talking about how like when you go to your cafe and like they've already started your usual. I was like, that would give me anxiety because I don't have a usual. <laughs> and like, what if you walk in and they hand you one? They're like, oh, you're here. Here's your usual drink. And it's like, oh, but I I didn't feel I like didn't that want today. that today. Yeah. And that's the difference between you and I. <laughs> <laughs> but I would still take it, right? I think also, though, like, I'd be like, I would just be like, I, yeah, I would, I, I would, would end guiltily up, take it. I would guiltily take it. Yeah. I would, I, <laughs> even though I don't have a usual order, even if I was like totally craving something completely different, if someone made me a drink because they assumed that that's what I would want that day, I think, I think I would still take it. <laughs> I always want my heavenly cream tea. <laughs> Ooh, heavenly cream. Yeah, it is such a good tea. Yeah. What, There's like, only what? one company that makes it, I think, Sloan Teas. I can't, it's like an Earl Grey, but with more vanilla. And oh, more, nice. More vanilla and maybe more bergamot. I'm not sure, but right. it's, it's like, I can't explain it. But everybody that tries it or smells it is like, this is amazing. I'm like, I know. It's called heavenly cream. Yeah, there's a tea at David's Tea called Cream of Earl Grey or Serval, Cream of Earl Grey. And it also is like a little bit more vanilla-y and it's the one I keep in my house. It's my favorite tea. So maybe I would also really like it. Then you would like Heavenly Cream as well. Yeah, nice. We will visit Tori's Bake Shop and get some Heavenly Cream tea. Okay. <laughs> Yay. It's in the works, everyone. Mm-hmm. When it's warm and sunny out. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. I think it's your turn to go first. Absolutely. I have an experience I need to let go of in order to move forward. I regret being afraid to ask for help. There are three examples of how this is holding me back. And today I want to work through the second example. The first one was part of the asking for help is not easy episode. So here is the second example. I really need help keeping my home tidy. I'm super embarrassed that I'm unable to keep a clean and tidy home. I really want that minimalistic aesthetic. Like I really love it. I would just think it looks so good. I feel like I end up doing a lot of big cleans, like a lot of decluttering, a lot of throwing away. And then like two or three days later, all the mess kind of starts coming back. It kind of starts taking over. I think it's because... Yes, like there's a bit of there's like a slight hoarder tendency uh, between both my partner and myself. Uh, And we also have a lot of hobbies. So there's lots of that kind of stuff. I also think what ends up happening is once I do clear a space, it feels so good in that space that I want to clear more. Um, But there's only so much space and so much closets. And it's always been this like source of shame and embarrassment that I can't seem to do it on a regular basis. Uh, the consequences I'm missing out on doing due to holding on to this regret is that I can't fully relax in my own home. I feel like every time I sit down to relax, like all these to-do lists magically show up in my like eyeline. Also, I've gotten better at like the daily stuff, like running the dishwasher every night or making sure I sweep after every meal. Like so in that way, things are getting a little bit better. Um, But I definitely need help to like, make sure I stay on top of it. I also need help to actually do it because some tasks are just like 
horrible and I hate doing them, so I avoid them. But then the avoiding makes the task even more horrible. The other consequence is that I I've always envisioned myself as someone who can just have people drop by whenever. And having this like really messy house makes that not possible. Uh, if someone wants to come over, they have to give me at least two days warning. And that's just to hang out for like an hour. Uh, versus if someone wants to come over for a weekend, they better tell me a month in advance. <laughs> um, and that just makes me really embarrassed. So like, thing is, I don't end up reaching out for help. One, because it's a little bit expensive, but also like, even with the friends of mine who I know wouldn't judge me, like, there's all this shame around like, it's not tough, just do it. Like, it's just cleaning, who cares? Like, there's no emotional ties to having this done or not done. Uh, but I just feel really strongly that there is like, I just, I really feel this source of embarrassment that I'm unable to keep the house in like, presenter mode, uh, I guess. So I am getting better. So I do want to like give myself a little bit of grace on that. Uh, but also the regret is still wrapped around the idea of asking for help. So when it comes to like actually getting help for my very messy apartment, <laughs> um, again, it's still something I think I should do on my own. Like even if I had the money to have regular help with this, I feel like I would still want to spend the money elsewhere or save that money because part of me just really strongly thinks that I should be able to do it. And because I should be able to do it, I shouldn't ask for help around it. So I'm growing. I know I'm going to get better at it with time. And like I'm relieved to talk about it today, but even as like it's coming out, like it's not like this regret itself isn't as neat and tidy as I want it to be, which I think also kind of just shows how much the messiness causes anxiety within myself. Um, so yeah, I'm not even going to end it with like our cute little refrain that we usually do because I'm like, I'm not ready. Like I, I haven't, I, I'm not ready to release the regret around this because part of me kind of thought when I released this regret, I would just become more tidy, but I can already feel but that's not going to happen. So I'm going to end it there today. Do you want feedback? Sure. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, so many things. Sorry, but I'll okay. Keep it. One is I want to talk about the idea of like releasing the regret or holding on to the regret. You can release the regret before you change your habits. Right. Because right. regret's a feeling. Right. And the feeling doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Right. So you don't have to change your habits in order to get rid of the regret feeling. Right. So that that's one thing. Right. So, yeah. And and my curious question about that is, are you holding on to this idea that if I hold on to this regret, then I don't have to change my habits? Ooh, yeah. Usually our, li our limiting beliefs or beliefs or core beliefs or regrets are things that we hold on to. It's like almost a protective thing that our brain does so that we mm. don't have to move forward. Right. Right. So I, I want to give you permission to let mm. go of the regret before you change the habits. Let go of that feeling before you change the habits or else you're just punishing yourself. I think that's I think that's a really good uh, prompt to think about because, yeah, I think I don't even want to release the regret until I'm better at cleaning my own house. Like, you're right. I definitely want to change my habits before I address the regret around asking for help about it. And maybe like in order to let go of the regret, it's 
I'm acknowledging that this is what my behavior and habits are right now. Mm-hmm. And that I'm starting to do the work to do it, but I'm not going right. to punish myself by making myself feel guilty or regret around it. And I mean, it's courageous to say that out loud and you just did. Mm-hmm. And we're recording. Right. So, <laughs> and every, right. And I can also say that I totally relate to Christian wants to live completely minimalist. Like Christian has mm-hmm. like five t-shirts, five pairs of pants, a sweater. And so he's the one that drives our household in terms of trying to make it more minimalist. And I'm the one that same as right. you, like have emotional connections to things. And then there are some things that hold me back. And I also want to feel good in my house because I think mm-hmm. that the space that we're in if you have a clear house and Christian believes this too, then it helps clear your mind. Yeah. I've had to kind of go through this process and I, I still do it all the time. Like I've been cleaning up my closet recently and I've been, I've been saying to myself, just be ruthless, just Mm -hmm. be ruthless. It's just close. Just be ruthless. Right. The, the dichotomy between Christian and I is Christian came to Canada as an immigrant from Romania in the nineties and basically fled the country and came Mm -hmm. With nothing. Whereas I am a family that's been here for eight generations and I have stuff that's been passed down as family heirlooms. Mm-hmm. Those are the things I want to hold on to. But I have to make sure that I'm not putting that belief of saving something as a family heirloom onto something that's not actually worth anything. Mm-hmm. And it can be worth something emotionally yeah. or worth something, right? But, but is this sweater that was my grandma's that she never wore do i really have to keep this right versus i have her silver and my great aunt's china Mm -hmm. that's worth keeping versus this beautiful modern sculpture that she that i got from her because she loved modern art that's worth keeping but i don't need to keep this weird pink sweater right so i i i get what you're saying too so in terms of that, and I think a lot of people will relate to that too, is why do I have these kind of hoarding tendencies or I want my house to every I want my house to look like a magazine house, but it doesn't. But also, is it realistic to want your house to look like a magazine house the same way? Is it realistic to want your body to look like the bodies we see in a magazine? Right. right. Houses are lived in. Yeah. I think it's interesting because like I think there's a lot more support coming for parents lately like I see a, like uh, I haven't really watched the show Bluey but I know that part of the joy of watching Bluey is that uh, the house is a little bit messy um, the car is a little bit messy and it's always like oh but that's okay you have children of course your house is a little bit messy you have children and I don't have children so I think that kind of doubles up on the regret and guilt that like well if you don't have children why is your house messy you have a life and you have a dog or I'm cleaner with Gertie in my life than before I had Gertie um because I don't want her to like you know eat something weird off the floor or interesting you know yeah sorry I just wanted to put that out there no I think (laughs) I I don't want to dive too deep into it because we have before and we will again is the shame of not being parents Mm -hmm. and it's something that i struggle with too because you know that i can't have kids because of my uterus yeah that's that's a big conversation that i would like Mm -hmm. to have and we have had it before yeah and i think that we need to for like forgive ourselves for that and release that too because everybody's entitled to live their life the way they they want to and choose to and we don't have to be compared to people that are living their lives with different circumstances yeah but I'm, like I'm, having kids versus not having kids. Yeah. 
And I guess for me, I'm thinking of like, not just magazine houses or the houses we see on TV, but like those houses that, you know, like, at least when I was growing up, I can literally think of three different houses where like, if for any reason I wasn't able to get into my own house, I would feel so welcome going to one of these other three houses. Mm -hmm. And all three of them were very tidy, welcoming homes. And I think that's something I've always really wanted. And uh, yeah, like it's, it's a, it's definitely a source of shame. And I know it's something I could ask for help with. And I don't feel comfortable asking for help with it because it's something I should know how to do. Right. Like that's part of this three part series where it's not just how hard it is to ask for help. It's how hard it is to ask for help when people are like, what are you talking about? That's easy. Keeping your house clean. That's so easy. Why can't you do it? I don't want to answer those questions. <laughs> well, I think you have ADHD. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a big part of it. I'm not saying be a victim of it and lean no. on that, but I also think yeah. your brain works differently. So if you, it's not easy for you to clean something up because your brain goes, I need to organize it this way and this way and this way. And I need to make the process and I need to do this in order to yeah. do this one thing that might take somebody else five minutes. It might take you yeah. an hour. Yeah. And so accepting that about yourself and leaning into that because there's a superpower to the other side of that, which was mm -hmm. one of my questions is, is it do you want to get rid of stuff or is it that you want to organize? The biggest thing it comes down to is I want to be able to wake up every morning and be able to just live my life without cleaning a little clutter up before I do stuff. So like I like having more surfaces. I like being able to like sit down and open up my journal and start writing. But so many mornings when I go to do that, because I do like doing that every morning, the first thing I have to do is make a space to journal right and then that becomes a barrier in itself so then oh no now i can't even do my journaling which i do find very enjoyable every day but like now i have to clean up this mess in order to make space for my journal in order to write in my journal and then i'll move on to something else because well no i'm not going to do that i just won't journal today and then mm. today becomes a week becomes a month and then the, the next time i actually do have a surface available to journal and i look at back at like my last entry i'm like what this was a month ago damn like why do you have to have it? Okay, two things. You kind of said, I wish I didn't have to tidy up things every morning. I mean, everybody tidies up things all day long. Right. That's part of keeping your house tidy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. But the other thing is, why do you have to have like a very specific thing to journal? Like, can you not just journal bed? Like, are you using that I don't have a space to do it to prevent yourself from doing it? I really am focused on in bed specifically, like I want my bed to just be for mm. sleep and sex. Like that's something that when I went through the bounce back program for depression, they said your bed should only be used for two things. So no eating in bed, no scrolling on your phone in bed. Like you have like, and you know. So maybe like bed is maybe a bad example, but mm -hmm. does it have to be in this one space you want to do it? Can you do it sitting on a chair in the living room? Can you do it at the kitchen table? Can you do it? I mean, we don't have a kitchen table, but even when we did have a kitchen table in our old apartment, it was always just filled with stuff. Mm, okay. You know, like that's the other thing. Like as soon as I introduce more surfaces thinking like, oh, if I have another surface, then that will be the surface I do my <laughs> journaling on. That surface will just get covered with stuff so fast, like without even trying. We've talked about the law of the vacuum before. I don't think so. So the law of the vacuum is like metaphysics stuff, like the law of attraction a lot, right? Mm. And so we talk about the law of attraction, like attracts like, blah, blah, blah. But there's two other laws in order to make 
your dreams happen. I don't like to use the word manifest. Do you know what I mean? But there's two mm-hmm. other. One is the law of the vacuum. Once you clear space, something will always come and fill that space. Okay. <laughs> so you need to choose what to fill the space with. Right. Like right. you need to intentionally and consciously, consciously choose. And like that's like a mental metaphysical thing, but it's also true in life. Like you, you clear out the junk drawer in the kitchen. And if you yeah. don't choose what you're going to do with that junk drawer – Two weeks later, it's back to being the junk drawer in the kitchen. Right, right. Right. And then the third law is the law of action, which is the one that I, those two laws, the law of the vacuum and the law of action are the ones that I think kind of get missed in some of the steps in, in this idea of like changing our habits and changing our life is we get to choose and we need to take action, but also, and that goes with the law of the vacuum too, is like, I need to f- choose what I'm going to clear that space space for and what I'm going to put in that space. Mm. But I know that's easier said to d- said than done with stuff because I get it. Because yeah. however many times I clean out my closet, like six months later, a year later, I need to clean out my closet again. Right, right. How does this how does this relate into asking your help? Is it getting a cleaner? Is it getting someone, an organizer to come in and help you organize? Who would you ask for help? Is it Ben? Do you ask Ben for help around this? Oh, it's not. Well, I mean, Ben and I don't see it as help. Uh, like we both just see it as tasks, which is really important to me. There is a specific friend who has helped me before and she did a really great job. And then I felt so bad because like a month later she came to visit and like it was like all of her work had been undone. Um, mm. and like, I feel, and I think that's also kind of the shame part of it, right? That like, she did help me get started, but I wasn't able to maintain it. Ideally, I would have enough money to hire people to help me with this. But like, at the same time, that doesn't really get rid of the regret of like, even if I could pay people to do this, I would still feel very ashamed that I have to pay people to help me with this. This is how I look at a cleaner. Mm-hmm. I think everyone should have a cleaner. <laughs> right. <laughs> because it's about what's your, what, what do you want to spend your time on? What's your priority? Mm-hmm. And if you're spending a lot of time cleaning, especially I would say with your ADHD brain where it takes you longer to do a five minute task when mm-hmm. it's cleaning. So what's important to you? Your time is important to you. And what are the things you want to focus on? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is having a cleaner. I don't see any shame in that because you're giving someone business, right? You're contributing to the economy. People that are cleaners, uh, I appreciate them so much. I think they're so valuable to, to oh, absolutely. society. I don't think there's any shame in having a cleaner and like, there's nothing better than coming home and they've been in your house and it smells like lemon mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, I've cleaned my house. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 And so instead of saying it's a waste of money to spend it on that, what is it saving me to spend mm-hmm. money on this? Mm-hmm. And is this a priority for me? And is this valuable for me? And I think one of the things when you have some extra money that you can do to help yourself, I, I'm saying this generally, not mm-hmm. just to you, is yeah, yeah, yeah. those kind of service-based industries to help the individual, like cleaning, organizing, that's a real gift to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I think during your, you made a comment about, I don't want to spend the money on it, but what is it saving you to spend the money on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's the priority? And then 
my last thing is about the emotional ties to stuff. Mm-hmm. I, this is like Marie Kondo stuff, but I learned it and it's, it's pretty good is thanking it before you get rid of it. So you're literally just like having a conversation as if it is a sentient thing that feels the emotional connection to you. Like, I think this sweater feels the emotional connection to me the way I feel the emotional connection mm-hmm. to the sweater, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. Right. Right. But then another thing that I learned is taking pictures of things because then studies show that when you look at the picture, you have the exact same emotional reaction than when you actually have the thing, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting. So I can get rid of these, the sweater. I can have a picture of it and scroll through my phone and see it and be like, oh, that was grandma's sweater. Right. But mm-hmm. I don't need to have the actual thing, which I think yeah. is really helpful. Yeah, that's that's been useful for us. I also um, I lots of times when I am not just decluttering, like because you know you, there's the difference between like decluttering when you set like this is the weekend I'm gonna do it, and then just like your everyday decluttering where yeah. like yesterday I threw out a cutting board because it had really lived its useful life. Like at this point, it's gross. It's it's never getting fully cleaned. It's just it needs to be thrown away. That's so I definitely use the it has lived its useful life. <laughs> How did it feel? It felt great. Cause like, you know, we have other cutting boards, like we don't need seven cutting boards, but at the same time we need more than one, you know? So I'm not just going to, and that's the other thing. I'm not just going to go and throw them all out. Uh, but if, as I'm emptying the dishwasher, I notice that, Oh, this cutting board is just not getting any cleaner. That's the time to maybe let it go. Sorry. Can I ask this question again? Sure. Who would you ask for help then? Cleaner? Then maybe therapist to really get to the deeper root of what it is. How does this relate to the regret of not asking for help? I think, or who do you think you need to ask for help? I guess it's, it's not like, again, it's, I think therapist is definitely a good idea. Cause like, again, it's, it's not just the money and it's not just, it's, it's literally just this shame around the idea that someone else would help me an adult Mm. woman with no kids to take care of their home. It's not just, it's definitely not just the money. I definitely see the value in giving someone my business. There's lots of cleaners, especially downtown Toronto, who would love our business. It's definitely wrapped up in the should of it, right? Like I should be able to do this on my own. I'm not even sure who to ask because I don't think the regret is just in the cleaning. It's, It's in this idea that, if I view something as something I should be able to do on my own, like this week it's cleaning and last week, oh my gosh, I don't remember what it was last week. <laughs> last week was about your job Oh, my title. job title. Again. So yeah. like it's, it's, it's the shame isn't around getting help or like, you know, our listeners have reached out with lots of good ideas on the job title and like that's helpful. But I also like had this immediate like reaction of like, oh no. Like they shouldn't have had to do that. They shouldn't have had to like send, like someone literally was like, oh, I went and researched and played around with the titles and here's some like suggestions I came up with. And the suggestions were amazing, but I still felt very ashamed that someone else would have to do that for me because I should be able to do it myself. Why? So that's, I don't know. It just, I should, I should be able to. Who told you that? I don't, I don't think one person in particular, I think just, you know, the expectations all adults have of themselves. I don't think all adults have that. 
Ugh, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm asking. That's why I'm. That's I'm trying to push you a little bit here, right? Like, yeah. Who's judging you? Your first answer I, should be me. <laughs> well, it's not, unfortunately. And the the people's names who come up, I don't think it's fair to name them. Here. Yeah, don't name them. You so, don't have to name them. I'm asking. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, people's names comes up in your mind. Why do you care about their opinion of you? You don't have to answer this, but I'm just mm-hmm. I'm suggesting. No, it, it, definitely and, again a good prompt. Right? Yeah. Why do you care about their opinion of you? How are they integrated into your life right now? Mm-hmm. Why does their judgment matter more than your mm-hmm. judgment of yourself? Right. And whose judgment of you matters the most? And who loves you for exactly who you are and who wants to support you in your growth and will love you when you grow and change too? Yeah. No, there's That's, lots. Those are the people. Those are the people you need to focus on. Yeah, I have a lot of knee-jerk reactions to these questions uh, that I... I know know you do. That's why I'm saying don't answer them. I'm just planting them. Oh, no, they're good. They're definitely good questions. Answer them next time you Mm. journal when you clear Mm -hmm. a space. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Journal. But I'm kind of happy to hear that your first answer to who's judging me isn't you. Mm -hmm. That's great. I I think the base of it is fear of being judged. Mm -hmm. But you almost can't win. Because your fear of being judged for how your house is now, but you also have a fear of being judged for asking for help to make your mm-hmm. house better. So you have to find a path for you to win. Right. So which one of those two fears of being judged is worth letting go mm-hmm. of? The fear of being judged for how your house is now or the fear of being judged for asking for help to make your house and your life less, less cluttered? Oh man, these are good questions. The fear of being judged yep. for asking for help is the one that you should let go mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Because the fear of being judged for how your house is now could almost drive you slightly to mm-hmm. change. I mean, ideally, you want to let go of both yeah. fears of being yeah. judged. But you can't win right now where you're right. sitting because you have fears on both right. sides. So choose, you get to choose. And I would even say when you're journaling, say to yourself, I am choosing to let go of this judgment Mm -hmm. because then you're in control. You get to choose which one to let go Mm -hmm. of. This is, this is a great one, Shadow. I want to thank you because I think a lot, a lot of people struggle with stuff in their house with clutter Mm -hmm. and it's not about the stuff. Yeah. It's, it's about what it's attached to. It's about emotional connection. It's about fear of being judged. It's about, I also think what your regret is too. It's about, I should be able to do this on my own. Why would I hire a cleaner? I have extra money to hire a cleaner, but why would I do that Mm -hmm. when I can do it myself? Why? Because I'm saving my time Mm -hmm. by doing that. And I prioritize my time. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. This was really helpful. Is there anything else you want to say about a shadow? Because this was really helpful. Helpful for me too. I definitely have some ruminating to do on these questions, especially that question of like, um, whose judgment matters most. Like, again, it just reminds me of like, whenever I'm asked like, well, what do you want? And I'm not able to answer it because it's going through mm-hmm. this lens of like all these other, it's never just an easy answer for me anyway. Uh, and it's my mm-hmm. own hemming and hawing over every single option for things. Uh, but yeah, like, like whose judgment matters the most is such a good, question I already have so many answers that aren't just about me but like how people are and how society's set up and all this other stuff but I know that those are just like that's how your brain works to protect yeah, exactly. you though, right so I would say answer the question being selfish yeah 
and give yourself permission because this is about your home and your tiny mm-hmm. bubble. So when your brain starts to go to bigger things in society and whatever, yeah. no, 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 this yeah. is about how do we find solution for your home and your yeah. space? Answer the question. Well, and that's why, yeah. That, well, and that's yeah. why I'm offering that as like a, instead of answering yeah. it, I can feel my brain trying to protect itself and saying like, well, you know, judges are the final judges, <laughs> um, you know, but like that's, again, it's just, yeah, that's just yeah. being oh, totally fighting. Yeah, that's definitely resistance for sure. Actually, yeah. just like as a funny thing, uh, Ben and I were talking last night about uh, like a workshop I participated in where the person, the person doing it was just so incredibly earnest, which made it very easy for me to also be earnest, uh, though every step of the way I wanted to make jokes and I had to really park that part of my personality and just say, okay, this isn't the time for jokes. Like that's only going to impede your ability to fully absorb this information. Uh, it was tough, but it was worth it. Um, so I'll, I'll bring more about that uh, workshop up yeah. next episode. Because uh, I want to make sure we get time to talk about your regret today. So do you have anything to set up for it or... Uh, no. no, but I do want to say to you first, okay. I'm happy to listen to you as long as you need to be listened to. So you don't need to worry about me, <laughs> which is also your defense mechanism. But thank you. Thank you for mm-hmm. all of that. I relate to the house cleaning stuff like so much. And I think a lot of our listeners will too. And I know that this is a really vulnerable space for you. And I know part three will probably mm-hmm. be a vulnerable space for you too. And so thank you. Thank you. And mine segues pretty well with that. <laughs> so uh <laughs> and my mine's mine's pretty short and sweet because it's also leading up to another regret that I would like to share in another episode. Nice. All right. So I have something that I would like to talk about, let go of, tell tell a story about. I'm going to say talk about today in order to move forward and that is breaking down my wall or masking. I acknowledge that life is in ebbs and flows and ups and downs and we have different areas of, you know, times of life when we're challenged and when we're not challenged. Being vulnerable once upon a time a long time ago was really hard for me. Before my burnout, I definitely was masking all the time. I had a wall up. Everything's fine. I was afraid of being judged. And then I find it sneaking back in every once in a while. In those moments when I find it sneaking back in, I want to make sure that I become aware of it and that I work on not allowing that wall to be built up again. And recently I found when I'm talking to my friends, when we're doing check-ins, I'm doing the like, yeah, I'm fine. I don't really know what's going on in my life. I'm fine. It could be part of my seasonal affective disorder. We're coming to the end of the winter because I do really go into myself. I'm also trying to be find that balance between the check-in isn't me being a victim trying to find something wrong with my life to complain about and also trying to find something to celebrate, but also being completely authentic and honest. So for some reason lately, I've been struggling a little bit with being vulnerable and honest. I can feel myself building a wall up again. That usually happens when I've been hurt. I don't really know where it's coming from. Uh, I'm saying it out loud right now because that's what I'm in the process of doing. And I also want to make sure that I guess the consequence of 
not saying this out loud is I'm afraid that that wall will be, will be built up again. And a lot of my fears have to do with, have you heard, have we talked about this, the term big T trauma and little T trauma? So there's like capital T traumas or like those really big moments in your life when you're like who I was before this thing happened and who I was after this thing happened. And then the little T traumas, I would prefer to call them things that trigger me or activate me or whatever, right? But not everything is a big T trauma. And I think we are overusing the word trauma in in some ways. You hear teenagers going, oh my God, I'm so traumatized from that, right? Like I think we need to be careful about how we use the word trauma. And so there's like the big T traumas and little T traumas. We have to acknowledge that things do traumatize us or change the way our brain works, but they can also be triggers or things that activate us or things that make us feel uncomfortable. And we need to be sure about that or be aware that there's differences. Uh, But that's like a whole other soapbox moment. But (laughs) um, I want to make sure that I am not losing my ability to be vulnerable. And that is one of my biggest fears is I don't ever want to become the person that I was before the big T trauma of my overwhelm. Because that is one of the moments in my life that it's like Victoria before this happened and Victoria after this happened. And that's why I know it's one of my big T, capital T traumas. And the person that I was before that was very masked, very guarded. I didn't even like hugging people. Here, I'm going to tell a little story. I know this regret is me talking a lot, but my friends, you know, I talk about my power circle, my closest friends. When I first met them, we talk about it a lot. For the first like five, six years, I only went to book club and only saw them in book club. And I was very masked and very guarded. And everybody hugs each other, hello. And everybody would say, once people got comfortable with me, they're like, you hate hugs. So people would like hug me longer. And I'd be like, oh, I'm so uncomfortable, like trying to wiggle out of the hug. And now I hug and I hold hugs for a long time. And I've learned, and that's part of being vulnerable too. And lately I've noticed myself wiggling a little bit in hugs. So I want to make sure that I am still a Victoria after my big T trauma. I like the Victoria after the big T trauma of the overwhelm because I've done all this work on myself and I want to continue to be vulnerable and make sure that I'm not over protecting myself. And so that's the consequence, I guess, is if I don't, be honest about this and and be aware that I may be starting to mask a little bit or build, put up a wall that I'll I'll turn back into that person I was before. So the other thing that I'm going to say everybody is I have other big T traumas in my life. There's one that I think we are becoming more and more vulnerable in this podcast together. I'm really proud when I go back and listen to older episodes how much both you and I have grown in terms of being able to tell deeper stories and being able to have guests on to tell deeper stories than when we started some of our regrets where I plucked my eyebrows, <laughs> All right, which are great regrets too. But um, I think we create meaningful change in life when we're vulnerable and we allow people to hear us be vulnerable and then they can relate to our vulnerability too. So in the future, everybody, there will be a Me Too episode. And I am going to commit to sharing my Me Too story. That is the other big T trauma in my life. That's like Victoria before this and Victoria after this. And it's not a secret. All of my friends know it. I talk about it openly because I think it's important. When the Me Too movement happened, I talked about it. I made posts about it but I've been avoiding talking about it on this podcast 
And this is the platform to share my Me Too story. So in the future, there will be a hashtag Me Too episode, and I'm going to share my Me Too story. And that's a challenge that I'm giving myself. It's not even a challenge, but I'm saying it out loud right now because I will do it in one of the upcoming episodes in this season. And that's my story for today. Uh, Thank you for sharing like lots there. Um, Do you want feedback today? So part of me wants to say, no, I don't want feedback, but I also want to make sure that's not my wall. Mm. So I would say minimal feedback. I'm open to, as I was telling it, I was planning on saying no feedback, but as I was telling it, I was like, I am interested in what shadow has to say. Sure. Give me a little bit. We can also do that offline. Like, I'm just gonna ask you, do you want feedback on like right now as we're recording, or do you want to maybe talk about this after the recording? Let's not talk about the me too, because that's going to happen later. But if you want to talk about the masking or the building the wall, or if you have any feedback for that, I'm open to that. My big thing on that is uh, I used to, I've kind of gone the opposite way. I used to be someone who hugged and hugged hard and long and like, oh, a hug has to last this long to count kind of thing. And I've actually been really proud of the people who've shared with me that they didn't want to be hugged. So yeah, like, I guess for me, like, it sounds like the people in your life who hugged you and like, kept you in those hugs, like, do you appreciate like do you appreciate that yeah Yeah. I do yeah because I wasn't part of me like building a wall was also like no physical Mm -hmm. touch and it it wasn't something that was protecting me it was something that was avoiding me from being close yeah being vulnerable and creating deeper relationships yeah yeah totally I get what you're saying there too but that wasn't it at all they weren't forcing a hug on me I was going into the hug. It's just like, I wanted it to be the like double pat on the back right. hug, pat, pat, yeah. goodbye, like the bro hug, you know, but like they're, they're like hug and let's hold, hug for five right. seconds or 10 right. seconds. And, and, and then I realized that that's important mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I learned that and, and I, uh, yeah, yeah, so, but that, that's an excellent Yeah, I, that's the well. only thing. I yeah. just want to make sure that people are remembering that like whether, I feel like the people who are huggers really try to like push their hugs on other people (laughs) and I I'm guilty of that and now similar to like to the way that we ask if people want feedback or just to be heard like I'm I'm really trying to get more into the habit of like asking before I hug someone or like you know oh yeah I'm totally in that habit too I always if I always ask unless it's like someone that for sure quite often for sure can I give then you already know like uh, yeah or are you yeah, a hugger? Because yeah. it's easier to say, Are if you ask, are you a hugger? It's easier to mm-hmm. say no to than can I give right. you a hug? Because people will feel weird saying no to that yeah. too. So are you a hugger? Yeah. Okay, great. Can I give yeah. you a hug? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, that was like the one thing that really uh, stood out for me. Uh, and uh, it's interesting. I really like that you've been noticing, what did you say? Like you're wiggling in a hug? Like Twitter. Yeah, I'm starting to be a little wiggly. wiggly when <laughs> yeah. the hug goes on for too long. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I, I just, I really liked that description. Um, it's really great that you're kind of catching the warning signs before like that wall's fully built up again. Uh, so thank you, thank you for sharing that this is something you're noticing and something you maybe want to pivot from. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. <laughs>
anything else you want to say about this or no I feel good though it feels good to be vulnerable like I know vulnerability is so important to connection mm -hmm. and I want to keep pushing myself to be vulnerable in these mom moments in my life and then also exploring why I'm maybe pulling yeah. back and and I'm on I'm in that process right now so thank you for listening yeah. thank you for sharing shall we do our three breaths I think so <laughs> all right come on to the front edge of your seat everyone put your feet flat on the floor just acknowledge that feeling of your feet flat on the floor as the earth holding you in the palm of its hand. Gravity will never let you fly away. You're supposed to be here on the face of this planet. Take a big breath. And as you sink down into those points of contact, say to yourself, may you be well, sinking your feet down into the floor. Or maybe it's your bum on the chair, just feeling those points of contact. Taking another big breath in. And as you exhale, may you be kind to yourself. And one last big inhale in. And placing your hand on your heart, breathing out, may you be safe and at ease. Thank you so much for listening today. We appreciate you so much. I appreciate you, Shadow. I love and value all the work we're doing here. And I can't wait for the next time when we record and to keep moving forward. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Okay, okay, bye. bye. <laughs> this episode of Let's Relieve Regret was produced by Shadow Ball and Victoria Mirbersia. We are an independent podcast supported by you, our listeners. You can become a supporter by donating three, five, or even $8 per month at www.letsrelieveregretpodcast.buzzsprout.com and click on the support button. You can find the link in the show notes. Our goal is to empower as many women as possible to overcome the shame and guilt that accompanies regret. If this podcast helped you have an aha moment, Help us spread the word. It's free for you and it means the world to us. Please follow us on Instagram at relieve.regret. Tell two friends. Or leave a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Find all this information and more in the show notes. Okay. Bye. Bye.